Since I started university, coffee shops have become something like a second home to me. And as I've been jumping around these aesthetic coffee shops and restaurants around Joburg, I've developed a habit of people watching, observing other university students with their MacBooks propped up, AirPods in the air, these pensioner white ladies and their gentlemen friends out for lunch dates, all dressed up in knitwear and these weird-looking rich people shoes. On the 4th of May, I sat with my own laptop propped up at Proud Mary in Rosebank, engaging in my daily dose of people watching and listening to Lotus Blossom through my earphones as I waited for my order. For some odd reason that day, I flipped the script on myself. And instead of looking outwards, I started looking within. Perhaps feeling inspired by the warm atmosphere, the wall from lighting, the wooden interior, and the golden finishes of the restaurant. The Chenin Blanc that I'd ordered from Andile that morning may have had an influence on my sentimental feelings because I know for a fact that I had no business feeling that sad. Not on my birthday, especially not on my 18th birthday. The first birthday where I'd felt excited, joyous, for the first time in a while. Suddenly, I remembered a letter I'd written to myself sometime last year, six months ago, on the 11th of November to be exact. The letter was prophetic, and it inspired me to write back, not only to my past self, but to the next version too. This is the correspondence between two versions of myself, two separate entities that culminate into one, occupying the same space at different times. These are letters from home. When I first thought of writing you this letter, I intended for you to read it on a specific day, like a long lost treasure, sometime in the distant future. But I've decided against that. This letter is meant to be reread and pondered and meditated upon. I don't really know what you're going to be like the next time you read this. In a day's time, a month's time, or a few months from now, who knows? Maybe your hair will be blonde. Maybe it will have grown. Maybe the waves will finally dip. Maybe you'll look different. And maybe you'll look the same. I wonder what your headspace will be like. Will your mind finally be a place of peace? Not something akin to the battlegrounds of the Middle East that it looks like right now. You're an incredibly complex creation, Ayanda. From your war zone mind to your tender heart, your very existence is a living expression of God's workmanship. I hope you look back at this and know that I am proud of you. We are proud of you. We, all the variations, bloopers, previous versions, shadows, and recreations of you. We're proud of how far you've come and of this life you're attempting to carve. 
God's grace looks good on you, even when you can't see it. Many things have tried to kill you this far, but they've failed. Words, thoughts, feelings, people, and dark nights. Just promise me one thing. Promise that you'll take some time to slow down one day. Some time to keep quiet. Some time to breathe. Some time to heal. Deeply. One day. I think I'm going to leave this here for now. Feel free to add whatever you wish the next time you come here. Signed, Ayanda. Dear Ayanda, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for writing to me. Thank you for all your kind words and gentle reminders that you have deposited on this page like seeds buried in the soil, pregnant with potential and veiled with surprise. It's been some time since we last spoke, you and I, and so much has happened. So much has changed, and so much has stayed the same. My hair is no longer that small cloud of blonde. Instead, it's now a low brush cut that resembles more a single stroke of thin black paint laying one hair strand at a time on my scalp. Some of these changes are a lot deeper than hair follicles. I'm 11 weeks into university and probably the most out of place I've felt in a while. Some of these changes that I'd anticipated are yet to arrive. There's something very anticlimactic about still being in my childhood bedroom, but supposedly transitioning into adulthood. And I can't say my mind has become a better place to be in. Instead, it has been the arena for a lot of mental boxing matches with myself, my experiences, my thoughts, and my fears. Growing up is such a dizzying and strange experience. I was speaking to my therapist the other day about how I felt about my 18th birthday. And she laughed at how we all have these different markers for adulthood in our minds. Things we all think certify us as adults. A stamp of approval. For me, it was dressing up and going for a night out as the medis, ordering cocktails, shots of tequila, and watching the night slip away. For some people, it's becoming more serious. Laughing less loudly, dressing more grown. For some people, it's moving out getting a job. I know a lot of adults who do these things, but don't really seem grown. Even worse, they don't seem to be mildly enjoying it. One thing about these markers of adulthood, they tend to steal our innate childlike joy. You know, the feeling you get when your feet are reaching for the heavens on a swing set in the park or the friction between your legs and the metal slide, and the density of the earth beneath your feet when you touch the ground. The wind rushing past your face on that round spinning thing that everyone loves. Or the feeling of the grass against your ankles as you run around senselessly. Or spinning around and getting dizzy. 
the belly-twisting laughter shared amongst siblings rolling on the floor, and just the overall excitement for the little things. Alphamist has the song where he says, the greatest evil would be to let my soul decline. And I couldn't agree more. Imagine looking back at all these things you've done. For theatrics. For show. For the invisible audience. An audience that doesn't really care. So as you step into this new journey of adulthood, don't let anyone fool you. Laugh even louder. Play even harder. Love with more passion. Tonight, as the moon plays hide-and-seek with the nighttime clouds, pulled apart like off-white cotton candy, I write back to you, and I wish you well on this journey ahead. Three things I'll leave with you, and I pray you take these words and engrave them onto your heart, taking them with you everywhere you go. One. Grace. Give yourself grace, over and over again. Mercy as endless and unbound as the sea. Keep this grace and mercy in your back pocket like loose change, something you're always subconsciously aware of, but always pleasantly surprised to find. Grant yourself the same compassion that you so easily pour out for others, As a matter of fact, pour a greater portion out for yourself. Two, remember, what has been can be again. Three, most importantly, allow it to be easy. Teach yourself to no longer resist peace. Remind yourself always that happiness is attainable and it's never too far, that it floats throughout your home with a strong sense of belonging, roaming around like the fifth member of your family. It's embedded within the inside jokes you share with friends. It's found in the late night Spotify listening sessions when all the music you love comes rushing back to your mind and it feels like Ralph Gum, Monique Bingham, Hard Soul, Black Coffee, Moby Dixon, Msaki, Lady Zamar, Something Soweto, and Liquid Deep all found their way into your three by two square meter room to have a house party just for you. You can see it in the sunsets. When God lays his hand on the horizon and the sky begins her gradient cascade, casting tungsten shades onto the grassy hills. So allow it to be easy. Just as gravity is inescapable and always pulls things back down to earth, so too you must allow yourself to be grounded and let everything in your life fall into its rightful place. Do nothing without intention and keep it to Virgil's until we meet again. Signed, Ayanda.